Do Good Charlotte is a member of the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. Find out more at queencitypodcastnetwork.com. There's good all around us. Let's hear about it. Welcome to Do Good Charlotte on the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina. I'm Pamela Escobar. In each Do Good Charlotte podcast, you will find out who's helping, who could use a helping hand, and just how you can spread around your own good. In this episode of Do Good Charlotte, we're going to meet the founder of the Stiletto Boss University. Stiletto Boss University is a youth entrepreneurship program that teaches young ladies the power of collaboration and sisterhood, and now includes multiple chapters across the city of Charlotte. And we'll inspire you to do good, Charlotte, by the various ways you can get involved with the Stiletto Boss University. Jania Massey, welcome to Do Good Charlotte. And I should add that you're also the CEO, not just the founder. Yes. Yes. So tell me about the inspiration to teach girls about working together in entrepreneurship. Oh, my God. It goes back, of course, to my childhood. I think everything goes back to your childhood. Um, I remember growing up, my mom always had me um, into volunteering, into giving back. Um, I was raised in a single parent home. Um, I was raised here in Charlotte, North Carolina, and I remember when I first decided to start my first business, which was in fashion consulting, and the first time I ever saw an entrepreneur that looked like me was around the age of 26, 27. Oh, wow. So that's a big gap. That's a huge gap. And I was like, okay, well, why is this? Why? And it, is, it wasn't necessarily about seeing someone that looked like me. It was just more so about why did I not know that there was a whole nother universe or a whole nother world of people that create solutions to solve problems. And so um, I really started to deep dive. Um, I wasn't happy at my corporate job. You know, people always laugh when I share this, but I worked in corporate for 11 years, six months, and three days. And That's <laughs> pretty counted. specific. Very specific. You were very counting. <laughs> I was counting down. Yes. But I knew that God had something greater for me, and I knew that there was something bigger. And what, how I ended up connecting the dots was simple. From my childhood, I did not see certain things. And then as I continued to get older, I started to experience certain things like travel, um, different places to eat, like the simple things in life that some people just get naturally. Um, I started to experience those things, but I started to experiencing those things because my network started to increase. You know, I recently graduated from college. You know, I've been in corporate America, so I was starting to see, oh, what's happy hour? You know, that's something different, you know. And so connecting those dots was, okay, how do we show people and introduce them at a younger age and per help them to, to provide solutions to community problems. And I thought, oh, entrepreneurship. And I thought that because entrepreneurship had taught me all of that, you know, just because of what I learned over being self-taught over the last couple of years um, with a combination of corporate and a combination of me just stepping out on faith and saying, okay, this is what I want to do. So you had something similar. You were involved in a program when you were back in high school, right? So yes, tell Upward me Bound. about that. I was involved in a program called Upward Bound at Johnson C. Smith University. Um, it was for lower income families, but the premise of that was to teach you about, it was education component, but the premise of that was to expose you to college. So um, being a part of that program, um, I am a, I am a nerd, so it was like, okay, the education part, I got that, but understanding that there are other schools outside of North Carolina. 
So we went different places. We did college visits. We um, That was my first time being exposed to really traveling. I remember um, one of our first trips was going to Daytona Beach, and we just had a good time. You know, didn't even know there was a such thing as Florida. You know, I was just so used to North Carolina. So that kind of sparked me to um, want to travel more and to, to know that there is a whole different world out of, out there. So that was a spark and like, okay, so we can do different things. Or I, if I don't decide to go to college in North Carolina, there are other colleges that are just as great that I can attend. So that opened up a lot of doors and in, in my eyes a little bit bigger about what the world had to offer. So, you, so you're talking about exposure. You were exposed at a young age, and then therefore now you're like, wait a second, it's not just college. Let me mm-hmm. expose young women to entrepreneurship. Correct. So you created Stiletto Boss University. First of all, love the name. Thank you. Where did you come up with it? <laughs> so uh, one of my best friends, her name is Siobhan Estrada. She was working at Harding University for, um, I can't remember the name of the organ. I think it was MechEd. So she had asked me and another um, colleague to come and basically do the youth version of an entrepreneurship program. And we were like, okay. And then we were just sitting around the table at Harding. And she was like, well, what should we name it? And I was like, hmm, Stiletto Boss University. Because I kept thinking about shoes. And I was like, what is what is something that's shoes related, but what's something that young people would understand? So we were just like, oh, Stiletto Boss University. And we all started like laughing. And I'm a dancer. So we started dancing and then we just, it just stuck. It just stuck. Yeah. So was that back in 2016 or when did when did this start? So it originally started the pilot program like 2015, 2016 school year. And then it started to get very, very serious when I had an opportunity to do a fellowship with a nonprofit called Mama Hope. And that nonprofit did more of global sustainability, global sustainability projects like in Africa and China. But um, my connection with Hannah Beavers, which was through me being a part of Junior League of Charlotte, um, we connected and she was like, oh, my God, you would be a great fellow. And we want to do something here in the U.S. So I became their first U.S. global advocate. So I stayed here in Charlotte and then I was connected with a community partner, which is Crossroads Corporation. And I ended up saying, okay, well, I have this Stiletto Bosch University and it works, but it's like, okay, how can we build upon that? And then a part of the fellowship, I had to raise $20,000 in order to get the program started. And I went through a lot of training for nine months. So you went through the Mama Hope fellowship training. training. Mm -hmm. So you did that. And then were you doing that simultaneously with the kids? Yes. Okay. And I was going crazy. (laughs) Um, Yes, I did it with the kids because I had to raise money. And then also at that time, the pilot program of Stiletto Boss, it was really more in the school system. This was more community-based. So I really believe in the asset-based mythology, which is really about listening to the community first and not just coming in trying to be a savior and saying, I have all the answers. So I did a listening tour. Um, Crossroads is located in the Greer Heights community. So I did like my own listening tour, got to know the neighbors, got to know the students. And then before I officially relaunched Stiletto Bosch University, I had a listening tour with the kids. And I'm like, hey, what is it that you want to do or want to learn? And it just happened to align with entrepreneurship. So I was like, okay, well, we have this program that's coming and, you know, kind of filled them in on some things that I was thinking about. And do y'all agree or disagree? And they were like, yeah, we like this, Miss Janio. We like this. And I'm like, okay, well, it starts and you have to fill out an application and let's go. So we did that. Um, and that was in, it started October 2016. So we did that at the Greer Heights Community Center. Um, I was able to successfully raise $20,000, which was something that I never thought that I could do because of the social capital that I had at the time. you know, It's a the, big number. It's a big number. Um, in a short amount of time, I had to do it in nine months. 
And at that time, that's when I did part ways with my job in 2016. So it was like, okay, it's either do or die, you know. So I had kind of been, God had been placing on my heart to prepare, you know. So I had been preparing for probably three years, just mentally, physically, emotionally, just how do, how do I become this Proverbs 31 woman and how do I really exemplify that in the community? Like how do I fix things that are wrong with me and my not necessarily my personality, but how do I fix how I see the world and make it better? You know, I think sometimes you get so down, you start kind of complaining about things, and it's kind of like, no, what are the solutions? So let me start with me first. How can I be a solution? Yeah, how can I be a solution? How can I be a vessel? How can um, this vision that was very clear to me, how can we make that come to fruition? You know, and it really is breaking down the walls and all the doubt, you know, um, so yeah, the $20,000, it may not be a lot to some, but it was a lot to me. Well, I think um, for someone who's starting out, that's, that's a big that's a number. That's a big number. Yeah. I was just like, oh, I remember, um, my first time, you know, after going through the training, cause we talked about fund development and I remember going to someone's house and it was, it was beautiful. And I was just like, oh my God, this gated community is beautiful. This is not want to sit on anything, you know, like what is going on? And I remember just sharing my story and and she wrote me a check for $500. And I was like, I only talked for like three minutes. And it was just like a culture shock for a little bit. But then I was like, well, I have a story to tell. And, you know, it's my truth and we're helping people. So it was just great to kind of see how when people really feel you and understand what you're doing and want to support it because people forget that nonprofit is community. You know, I never say that this is my program because it's not, it's the community's program. You know, everyone invested in it, you know, whether they put money or time or talent, like it's, it's all of our programs. So let's teach these young girls how to collaborate and have sisterhood sooner because, you know, sometimes it's hard to teach adults because adults are set in their ways sometimes. Yeah, it's almost so too late. It's too late. It's a great, so, yeah. it's a great age to, to um, they're op- more open to mm-hmm. learning. They're more open to learning. And, you know, I think representation matters. It always has mattered. Um, and I think it's just really understanding what role models are, you know, um, it's some, some of the girls that have been through my program, they have been exposed to things that they didn't even know was possible. I have one young lady, she's at, um, UNC Chapel Hill, but I noticed that she liked to draw and I was like, oh my gosh, you can be a graphic designer, you know? So someone from my network, um, her name is Charlie Conklin. She is an Adobe. She knows I'd use Adobe. She's a graphic designer and she came in and she taught her how to use Adobe. So now she created the logo for their business and flyers and banners. And I'm just like, you can still, I'm not telling you not to go to college. Go to college. That's the best time of my life. But this is something you can do outside of your studies. You know, if you need some extra money, you can make some logos and some T-shirts for some people in in school. Develop the skill. And it could be something that's just an outlet for you. You know, as a create, I do consider myself a creative, um, even though I'm probably more on the business side of creative. But it, it is something that, is a stress reliever when you're able to do some craft or just do something that you're naturally good at doing and not thinking about, does this contribute to my livelihood? You know, this is just a stress reliever for me. And then, you know, it's a bonus if you can get paid for yeah. what you're able to produce. So, Absolutely. Yeah. So and that's where it starts. Well. It mm-hmm. starts with an idea and then being able to... To um, flip it into something. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So let's back up a little bit because okay. I don't think we necessarily fully understand exactly what's how Stiletto Boss University works. So. Works. So in, in 2016, you had that first class. Mm-hmm. 
I wrote this question down. What is eight? What is eight? So eight, what happened? So the girls came together. The first three months, they learned all about entrepreneurship. So I had different experts come in and teach about legal, finance, marketing, dress for success, anything that is a topic that is tied to entrepreneurship. We had someone to come in, verbally teach to the ladies. They were able to see them as representations and able to actually learn together. Then the next three months, they had to decide what do we want to create? So that's when they decided they wanted to create eight, which is an inspirational product line. So they decided instead of doing the simple T-shirts and stuff, like let's have something with meaning. So they came together, they brainstormed, they created their own, they created like a collaborative vision board and they created content. They actually just released a book. So they wrote a book that's like women empowerment for young girls, but they decided that the community need empowerment. And they decided that from what they see, because most of those girls went to Mars Park, that there's still a lot of people dealing with not just anxiety, but self-esteem issues, things that people go through when they're young. And sometimes as an adult, they still have those issues. So they wanted to be a resolve for that. So they decided to create a business together. Everyone that was a part of that business had a role. So we had a finance manager, we had a graphics design. So everyone played an integral part of the business, but they all were one. So we did a couple of pop-up shops. We produced some content. We produced bags, tote bags, T-shirts, and they started selling them at pop-up shops. And then they give a percentage of that money back to the Greer Heights Community Center. So that was the first successful class. But you're saying you're in so you also have chapters I have chapters. so so now so that was the first mm-hmm. how did you branch out to chapters, to chapters and then and obviously with crossers in the community yes so um that happened it was, it was very successful I was like oh my god they really created a business you know so yeah good for them so good for them and then um I am a graduate of West Charlotte High School so I have a um, friend of mine um Brandy Fox who has her own business Pamper Us Mobile And she was like, Jania, I want to do the same thing you did for Greer Heights. And I was like, hmm. I was like, well, maybe we can just add it as a chapter. You know, maybe you can be like a chapter ambassador. So I just started like brain dumping everything. So I was like, okay, maybe I can make this into a franchise because I realize I'm only one person and I can teach her how to teach young girls to create their own business. So she was the first chapter at West Charlotte. Um, We have a um, collaboration with communities and schools. So at the time we knew, um, we know the um, coordinator whose name is Corey Bennett. And he was like, yeah, let's do it. This will be an awesome program to implement within our trio program. And we was like, okay, cool. So I basically put together like an SBU really quick Bible. Like this is how you go in and teach. And I was like, it can still be under, it'll be SBU, but it'll just kind of be like a little mini franchise. So she went through, she did it. I trained her. She did nine months at the school. Each girl there, they created their own individual business. Um, They did like a mini pitch competition and we awarded them their own business cards and logos and, you know, gave them like some little startup funds for them to keep going. So once that happened, then I had another friend of mine, because she was an associate that we connected on Facebook. She was like, oh, I want to do this at Harding. And what's interesting that both of them are alumni from the school. So I was like, okay, well, now we can add another chapter. So went through the same process again, streamlined it a little bit different. Well, you learn from learn what from do. what we yep. So learn from what happened in the um the first nine months. Trained her. We end up getting in contact with the coordinator there, at communities and school, which is Ronnie Compton, and had a one on one meeting. Told them this is what the expectations are. 
They have to do a pledge, which is words of affirmations. You know, this is what I expect, but this is your chapter. You're the leader. You're guiding these young ladies. So that was chapter number two. So then I'm like, okay, wait a minute. We have three chapters now because I was still running the Greer Heights chapter. So then after that, ended up having someone else reach out to me about being a chapter ambassador. So I was like, okay, so more people, like I'm, I'm building up more community leaders to help this, this initiative. So I'm building up an army of dope women to come out and help me like really push this. And then, um, so we added Cochran last year. And then by that time I received um, the Unite Charlotte grant from um, United Way. So that was like, okay, so we have some funding to support these and I can kind of do restricted funding for the individual chapters and that will be exclusively for those chapters. So then we ended up, our most recent chapter, um, we're going to be going to Morrisville High School in August. So that will be our fifth chapter. And then we had an opportunity through Greer Heights to work with the Bulldogs Matter After School Program. Mm. And one of my participants that has been with me since ninth grade, I ended up hiring her as a facilitator. And she took the SBU curriculum and taught sixth through eighth graders. So that just happened in April. So this is an exciting time for you guys. You guys are obviously growing and expanding. Mm-hmm. I'm sure other people who are listening are, want to see how they can get involved. So right. let's hold that thought. Okay. This is Pamela Escobar. You're listening to Do Good Charlotte. After the break, you'll hear about how you can get involved with Toledo Boston University. How many servings of fruits and vegetables should you be eating? This is a 60-second wellness tip powered by Ortho Carolina. The magic number is five. Three servings of vegetables and two servings of fruits have been connected to lower risk of certain cancers, stroke, and heart disease. Fruits and vegetables are a great source of essential vitamins and minerals in addition to plenty of fiber to maintain a healthy gut and reduce the risk of colon cancer. And they're high in vitamin C and potassium. If five servings seems like a lot, consider starting your daily vegetables with your first meal of the day. Snack on fruits and vegetables instead of whatever your current go-to snacks are. Use vegetables as the main ingredients in other dishes like baked goods and chili and whenever you can get fresh vegetables especially in the summer when they are in season this has been your 60 second wellness tip powered by ortho carolina official team physicians of the carolina panthers and proud sponsor of the queen city podcast network for more tips or to make an appointment visit orthocarolina.com This is John. And this is Miller of the Charlotte Podcast, and we wanted to invite you to a special live recording of our podcast on July 12th. John, where is it taking place? Camp North End. At what time? 7 p.m. If people wanted to find out about guests, uh, how much, where should they park, all that stuff, where should they go? CharlotteHistory.com. That makes sense. (laughs) Admit it, staying informed is hard. There is so much information, it's hard to find content that speaks right to you. And local radio has left Charlotte behind. What if there was one place where you could find news, entertainment, sports, music, food, and comedy created in and all about the place you call home? This is the Charlotte Newsmakers Podcast. The Charlotte Podcast. This is John. And this is Miller. There's good all around us. Let's hear about it. Welcome to Do Good Charlotte, the Yelp Charlotte Podcast. Welcome to Fun With Failure. This is your man, Colin Cole, and I'm bringing to you the Players Report. 
Welcome to the Comedy Zone Podcast. All right, we're back with Prime After Prime. The Advent Coworking Podcast. 1K, the 1,000 second podcast. Another episode of Cheers, Charlotte. Thanks for being with us. My name's Brian LaFontaine. This is You May Have Seen. This is the Queen City Podcast Network. Powered by Ortho Carolina. Changing the way Charlotte listens. At queencitypodcastnetwork.com. Boston University has been around for several years now. Mm-hmm. How many girls have gone through the program? So we've had about a little over 50. Um, and that number, I know some people are like, how do you measure impact? And I'm like, impact to me is success of that person. So even though we are scaling at a slow and steady pace, we do only offer this program to those that we feel really wanted and have that natural hustle mentality. So um I think I forgot to mention that you do have to apply for it. You have to fill out an essay. And we just have requirements like entrepreneurship is not for everybody. You have people that can be entrepreneurs and you have people that have to be the workers. So we really want to cultivate that that community of those that really want to have the go-getter attitude. So we've done a little bit over 50 and in counting. Well, I think it's important to recognize, too, that, yes, there's 50 girls that went through the program, Mm -hmm. but you don't see those relationships that they're having and how they become the leader in their families and the leaders in their community. And so you're you're creating Mm -hmm. other leaders to inspire. inspire And they might be young, but they have a huge network of Mm -hmm. people, too. So you're right. It is difficult to measure impact, but you have 50 so far, and obviously it's increasing. Mm -hmm. Tell me about at least one one of the many young ladies that you've worked with that you just can't stop thinking about. Thanks. Oh, gosh. So um, Savannah, she has been with me. She was in the, the inaugural class, um, which was started in, you know, Crossroads in Greer Heights. And when she came in, she was, you know, she was actually new to Greer Heights, the community. She had just moved in um, from Ohio, and she was just very shy. Um, she didn't really have... I don't think she considered her having a lot of friends. She was new at a school. You know, she comes from, you know, a family and then going into a school like Myers Park that is more so predominantly white and is just completely different than what she's used to. Um, So I could tell she was trying to find her footing, just not just being at Myers Park, but just being in Charlotte and in a new neighborhood. So um, her growth has been amazing. Like she... She became the finance manager. She makes sure everything is great with profit and loss. She tells them no, that they can't buy things because we haven't received enough profit. And most recently, we had our, well, it wasn't technically our first, but we had our a pitch competition at Wells Fargo Auditorium um, last month. And um, we had 10 people participate to pitch. And she was one of the groups that pitched. She was a part of the eight group. And to see her on that stage, not being shy, you know, having confidence, sharing what has created and what she's experienced. It was just amazing to see her grow in just two short years. And then she was one of the ones that I hired to facilitate to sixth through eighth graders. So to see her teaching kids that are the next generation under her about entrepreneurship, it was, I I would cry every night. I'm like, oh, Savannah. So (laughs) she, um, she is one of those special ones that I can't wait to continue to see what she's going to do as she continues to grow. And why is that? I, th- I think she reminds me of myself. Mm-hmm. 
And to see that she is aware of opportunities a little bit sooner, I can see her life changing and I can see her understanding finances. I can see her understanding the value of saving. I can see her understanding that life is way bigger, you know, than what she thought. So I think it's a lot, a lot of the girls remind me of me. So it's just like, wow, you're getting it a little bit sooner. Like, I wish I would have got it when I was 14 or 15. So, um, yeah, she just reminds me a little bit of me, a little part of me. So it always just feels good to see that she's getting it and that she's listening and that she's like moving forward. So, yeah. Well, and what I love about this is because we started this conversation about how you are trying to teach or expose people Mm -hmm. at a young age because you didn't know about it until your mid to late twenties. Right. I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm thinking you just saved her 12 years. years, You saved her 12 years of struggle. Yeah. And, and, um, it's such an amazing, it just sounds like an amazing program. And I'm sitting there. I'm like, I'm impressed that she's telling people (laughs) not to spend money. I need to be doing that. She's like, no, we cannot buy that today. (laughs) Like Savannah said, we can't buy it, you know. She knows. She She keeps the books. Yeah. So um, how can I get involved? How can everyone listening get involved? What what do you need? So much. I mean, I know naturally nonprofits, and I'm considered more of a grassroots. We always talk about we need money. But um, how I measure social capital with SBU is just the amount of people that support it, you know, whether that's financially or becoming a volunteer or facilitator or spreading the word, or buying a product, you know, we're very much, I guess, in more so in that new wave of nonprofit where, you know, I'm just going to be honest, I don't like writing grants, you know, I do it because I have to, but grants to me are more of a investment to help with the foundation. You know, right now we're about to launch a fee-based um, program for those that can afford to pay for this um, Stiletto Bosch University is going to be called SBU Headquarters, and it's going to dive way deeper than what we do on the school level. You know, it's taking it up a completely different notch. You know, we're going deeper into making sure that these young ladies understand about procurement, understand about business license, understand about how to truly sustain and build a business from the ground up. And it's not that the other girls don't know that, but this is just a little bit more of a deep dive. So we definitely always need women or men who are experts in their field and want to really teach and expose these young ladies to the possibility. Um, We always need help with marketing. We always need help with those little admin stuff because we're still a very small staff. Um, We always need help with in-kind donations. You know, one of my dreams... um, is to have our own office space and our own little headquarters for the kids to be able to come and have an incubator and have a, you know, have snacks because they know I love to eat. But, you know, snacks. I'm sure they do too. (laughs) Yeah, they do too. But snacks or be a place where they can come and they can say, okay, we want to brainstorm these ideas together and just a very calm space for them to come that's kind of just like an outlet. But, you know, that could be an in-kind donation Or that could be a part of you just funding to make sure that we can afford, you know, to pay for the rental space. So it's so much that um, we need help with. Um, So how do people find you? You can definitely go on our website, which is stilettobossuniversity.com. 
everything is on there. Um, we actually are about to open up SBU Apparel. So we have some really cool T-shirts that are coming out that are generate back into the organization. If you know any kids that want to learn about entrepreneurship, let us know. Send them over to us. Refer them to us because we're we're opening this fee-based program and we're only opening it for 50 kids. You know, we want to just start a little bit small, make sure we get the kinks out and make sure it's, it's top notch. And then we're going to continue to keep expanding. Um, How old? So we're looking for the fee base 11 through 18. Okay. So we're looking for that. So if you know anybody, refer kids, young ladies, you know, refer them, get us over to them. We want to help. We want to help any girl that wants to learn about entrepreneurship. If you know any person that is interested in becoming a chapter ambassador, we need those people as well. Um, we consider our SBU instructors as volunteers. So if you want to teach legal, if you want to teach finance or marketing, we need you, you know. Um, you'll have to go through some policies because you're working with kids, but we, we need you. We need you to come show yourself and teach and share what real life things that you've learned. So, yeah, that's what we need. So when you think about how far you've come. Mm-hmm. It's shocking. Not shocking. I always knew it was going to happen, but I think people forget that you have to, you see the vision, but people forget you, it kind of feels like you're working backwards. Because when I saw the vision, I was like, oh, wait, wait a minute. Like, what does that mean? You know, how, how, how do I get to, to what I see the future of SVU? Like, how do I get there? But working backwards and just visualizing it every day and just being in constant prayer about it and, and having strong discernment. And just realizing the resources that I already have available to me. I think a lot of people don't realize that there's an abundance of resources out here, you know, and there are really great people out here that want to help, that want to be a part of something, that want to do good Charlotte. You know, they yeah. want to do good Charlotte. And it's like, how do I get to those people or how can I be connected to those people? So it's just being positive and just realizing that the work is always bigger than you. And, you know, it's, it's, I don't take any credit for it. It's, it's everybody that has helped. I could, I could sit here and just do, I could spit bars right now and just say every name of somebody that has helped. <laughs> I can do a rap. But I, I think that, you know, sometimes when I think about it, you know, it is hard. I don't want to paint the picture that, it, it, that I don't have hard days, you know, or, or lots of tears, but to think about where it started and to think about me being consistent, me being steady, and me just believing, um, it has taken me really, really far, and it'll take me further. Well, so, thank yeah. you so much for sharing your story with us today. Thank you for having me. Um, I hope it inspires lots of other people. Do you know someone else like Jania who's doing good in our community? Let me know. Tell me about someone or a nonprofit organization that should be heard on Do Good Charlotte. Reach out to me, Pamela Escobar, on social media. I'm Reporter Pam on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Or go to the Queen City Podcast Network page and fill out the contact form for Do Good Charlotte. There's good all around us. Let's hear about it. I'm Pamela Escobar. Thanks for listening to Do Good Charlotte on the Queen City Podcast Network, powered by Ortho Carolina.